<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to A Few Things, where we give our greatest discoveries the podcast they deserve. I'm Claire Mazur. And I'm Erica Cerullo. This show is brought to you by Of A Kind. Find out more and sign up for our newsletter at ofakind.com. And while you're there, buy a copy of our book, Work Wife. It is chock full of conversations with amazing female partners. And leave us a voicemail, 833-632-5463, which is also 833-OF-A-KIND. Yeah, that was more like the jingle. Oh, did I? I didn't even feel directionally. Yeah, Yeah. it was directionally 833 of a kind. Let us know what you think of the book on our voicemail. Oh my gosh, even better. Look at this, combining efforts, combining forces here. Um, What's something you're really into on the ofakind.com website right Mm, now? The Ritual Defeat Concealer. You really are. You love a concealer. I love an under eye concealer. I just feel like it's the one thing that just makes me look more how I want to look. I guess. I don't use an under eye concealer, which I know is something we've discussed. Mind blowing to me when I realized that you don't use it under your eyes. But yeah, I just feel like when I put it on, I look so much more awake and alive. alive. Yes. Meant for this Um, world. And I have really strong feelings about the the sort of like consistency of a concealer because if your concealer is too liquidy or too oily, it just pulls all the mascara and eyeliner that you may be wearing onto your under eyes. And that drives Mm -hmm. me crazy. Correct. Correct. But you also don't want it to be too dry because then it looks cakey. Yeah, exactly. Especially under your eyes when your skin's like delicate. Exactly. Crepey is I think how they describe under eye skin. Exactly. And I really like this formula and it just stays put and I feel like it looks good and they have a zillion colors. I use Galatea under my eyes, but I also use Cirrus, which is a little closer to the color of the rest of my skin. These I aren't like, Game of Thrones characters. These are the I, concealer colors. That's right. That's right. Um, they, I like like a lighter thing under my eye to sort of brighten and then I use the darker ones other places that I might need it. And sometimes I do some blending when I'm feeling creative. Give it a shot. 10% off with the code a few things. Yep. Go for it. It's wonderful. Um, you are, did the most charming thing. You had the w- uh, wonderful idea, and I really want to do it. Can you please tell our listeners what it is? Yes, ma'am, I can. Um, so I went and visited my parents in Peoria, Illinois recently, and I'd had this idea for a while um, that we have like all these family recipes, right? Who doesn't? <clears throat> yeah. And they are all over the place. Yeah. Um, and especially like your inbox, your text message, your oh camera my gosh. roll. Well, and just like in cookbooks yep. and 
in my mom's uh, organiz- organizing principle for recipes basically is that they're all in a large freezer bag. Oh they're just God. all shoved in a large freezer bag. Wow. Mm. I didn't know that. Not ideal. Um, although when I was in high school, my brother Ed got grounded or in trouble for something. Um, and instead of my mom, we used to be like, I don't want to just ground you because then what are you really learning? It would be like you'd get assigned these mm-hmm. terrible tasks. Um and his task at that period of time was to organize recipes and put them in binders. Wow. So there are. These, so there's a precedent for this. Well, there are like binders of recipes, but they just hold like half the recipes okay. and they haven't been updated. Because he didn't get grounded enough. Yeah. Well, and, and they haven't been updated since Ed was in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's now 31. So it's. it's so I have a question. I don't want to sidetrack us completely. But yeah. do you, what do you think he was learning by putting together the recipe. Oh, books. nothing. I don't okay. think the point was for him to learn anything. I think it was for her to get something useful okay. out of him okay. because put her putting him in his room isn't useful to her. Okay, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just the sheer torture of having to navigate this plastic bag of recipes mm-hmm. um, is cert- was certainly punishment. Yeah. Okay. So I really wanted to make like a family recipe album um, that I want to give to my brothers for like holidays mm-hmm. this year. Um, and so my mom and my dad and I went through all of the recipes mm-hmm. and they helped to like first in this bag of recipes, as you can imagine, <laughs> there are duplicates of so I mean, it's like right. the blueberry muffins that the old neighbor used to make. Like there are 19 <laughs> copies of the blueberry muffin recipe because if there have no organized, if there's no yeah. structure around this, of course. No, this is like how you end up with four like toothpastes or mustards yeah, or whatever. Exactly. You have no idea what you, if yeah. you have it or not. Mm-hmm. And how would you even find it if you did? Um, so we went through all the recipes and I had made up, I had brainstormed a list before I went home of what, in my iPhone really notes wanted. of like, I for sure want the cheesecake recipe. Mm-hmm. I for sure want this and like had that list. And <clears> then my parents would be like, oh, we should also include this. And I would add those things to mm-hmm. it. So we pulled all these recipes um, and then I took pictures of them and mm-hmm. took scannable scans of them. I can't decide yet which yeah. is going to be like the answer. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to get them printed for for my brothers. I love that. And do you know how what are you going to print them on? I can't. I don't know yet. Okay. Um, I've really liked Artifact Uprising for printing mm-hmm. stuff like yeah. this. Um, but I or, or maybe Pinhole Press. I don't know. I yeah. need to like kind of browse around and figure out what the what's right the best for answer. Because I also really I want them to be just like the photos. Right. Um, because one I, photo per page. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. I like love that some of these things are like, you know, from Bon Appetit's from like 1994. Mm-hmm. And others of these are handwritten from my, you know, my grandparents. Right. And um, some have like notes on them. Exactly. And, and like I, the thing I was surprised to find that I was really mm-hmm. charmed by was how many of them have been in emails. Mm-hmm. Um, and like emails between my dad and I or emails between my aunt and my dad of like talking about one of their mom's recipes. And I just sort of That's like sweet. that there's this like email context there. And I hadn't been planning yeah. on being like charmed by that or like yeah. having or those recipes. That's yeah. very sweet. Yeah. I love that idea. I totally want to do that because I love, well, first of all, it is it's really sad to think that all of these recipes would just sort of disappear. Yeah, totally. One, and that's or that I wouldn't even necessarily know which ones are meaningful to my parents. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the things that they remember cooking when we grow up were growing up are different than the things I remember. Yep. And the things that they remember their parents making, their moms making are different than the things that I necessarily ever had. Because some of those things like stopped being made by the time I was a of kid, course. you know? Yeah. Um, so even just having the context around what those things are, um, I'm also just thrilled to give my parents this so yeah. that they have <laughs> so that they can a structured the way bag. to find this thing. It's like crazy. Do you think they should keep the freezer bag? It's a very iconic, you yeah. know, or uh, way to like, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. It's just you really can, they specific. Can have both. They can but have But what a nice experience also to do it with them and then also to have this thing. That totally. And I loved 
being able to do it with them. And I also loved there being act- an activity when I was home. Yes. Um, because I feel like a lot of times when I go home, it's a lot of like, where sh- should we go out to this random restaurant? Right. Should we do this thing? Like, or a lot of conversations that are like, what else is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a nice way to engage both of my parents around something that I actually cared about. <laughs> I can't imagine trying to focus my parents on this. They, I think you, I think it would go well. I would hope so. We would have to tear my dad away from the crossword. No, but the thing is, my dad, you know, my dad has his nose in his phone most of the yeah. time or like in a baseball game. Right. And no, he was like highly no, participatory. I, I do think my dad would, he feels very proud of some of his recipes. Yeah. So I do think that, I, that. I really do think it like worked. It worked really mm-hmm. well. And I think I got more context around family than I typically do. Um, that is just yeah, so wonderful. It was just super, it was fun. I, I endorse this. I want to do it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, do it. Should we bring on our guests? Let's do it. Great. We are so excited about our next guest. Uh, um, thrilled. We've been following their work since like long before Of A Kind existed. Long before, yeah. Um, Emily Current and Merritt Elliott have been business partners for almost two decades, which really sort of like blows us out of the water. Oh, for sure. They were they started off working together as celebrity stylists, and then they founded the clothing line Current Elliott that you all have obviously heard of. And then they've gone on to launch a slew of other wildly successful things. Mm-hmm. We're going to hear all about them. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Can you tell us about your your meeting and, and how you um, became friends and then business partners? Sure. So um, Emily and I both are from Northern California and both went to UCLA and had a lot of classes together because we were both on the journey to get our sociology degree. But we always kind of found ourselves sitting next to each other in class and, and really talking about life and fashion. And we both had this Northern California Levi's sensibility. We both went to flea markets. We both grew up going to kind of the same swap meets and the same vintage stores in Berkeley and beyond. And so we bonded over that because at the time, that's just not what was happening in fashion. What year was this? And this was in the, in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. So it was like going out tops era. Well, and designer jeans were just starting to happen. <laughs> designer right? jeans, right. T- tight designer jeans, really low, you know, really low rise. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some bling starting to happen. But we really kind of stuck with our vintage jean, um, you know, ethos that everything looked better when you had a casual bottom on. So we, we bought it over that and we started going to flea markets and stuff in L.A. together. And then at graduation, we were actually seated next to each other, which we just found we were tickled by because we were so happy. And and during the long ceremony, said, what are you going to do next? And we threw out some sort of opportunities and ideas that we had. But we promised that we would be in touch and decided that we would one day work together. And we didn't know what that would be. But This just was at graduation? Here. This is at graduation. Oh, my gosh. Times. You guys. I know. We, well, we just, you know, it's like it's a scary time. And we identified yeah. that we just had this entrepreneurial spirit and that if we were going to do it. Let's do it together because it sounded scary and exciting. But we we both just really liked each other. So that's how we met. And then. Soon after that, we kind of got our first jobs in fashion, entry-level jobs that we uh, bit off more than we could chew and kind of got jobs that we demanded more experience than we had. So we leaned on each other to kind of get us through photo shoots or freelance gigs or writing articles, um, all in the fashion sphere. And and we did we just learned together. And then one day, we after months and months, about like maybe almost a year of freelancing, collectively, we decided that there was no better time to kind of quit those day jobs and actually start working together officially. And what were you working together on? We became a styling team. Amazing. And how did you get your first clients? Uh, So we just kind of hustled. This is Emily. We hustled and um, 
we we had we had friends in the music business, so we started off. Um, Merit's late husband was a musician on Interscope, and we we started kind of styling bands and musicians and working really hard and getting to know a lot of the executives at labels who would put us on, you know, emerging artists for brand building. And, you know, some of our first clients were like Katy Perry and for years and like people that we just got really lucky that, um, that we were given these amazing, talented people and were able to work with people to build a book so quickly. And about, I would say like eight months after um, building our book, we um, got an agent and that really catapulted us to getting a lot more jobs and building a much bigger portfolio. And between those exciting gigs that we actually got, we were, we were just doing a lot of favors for people, you know, like uh, building, helping building someone's model portfolio. We were styling them and somebody was doing a spec shoot for a magazine. They were trying to get a gig or a photographer who was trying to rebuild his, his portfolio. We would go style. So it was really peppered with just just experience, 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 meeting people, trying new things, and then kind of gluing together um, paid jobs in between. So the last time I really saw a therapist like very regularly in a committed way and was like a good patient was when I lived on the Upper West Side, which is... And it was so convenient <laughs> to have a therapist when you live on the Upper si- West, West Side, Side of New York because yeah. that's also where all the therapist's offices are. She was are. literally two blocks from my apartment. Oh, it was spoiled. wonderful. Yeah, um, spoiled. And now it's so challenging because I live in Brooklyn. It's not the same sort of like therapist mecca that the Upper West Side is. <laughs> Do um, you think which came first, like the mindset of being an Upper West Sider in New York or like the therapist? being based in, in the Upper West Side. <laughs> Did you hear you got a hearty <laughs> chuckle out of Alex, Alex for that one? <laughs> that was a classic Alex. Yeah, yeah that really played into him. Well, listen, now there is an alternative um, that is also just sort of conducive to our way of, of communicating these days because BetterHelp is online counseling. So with BetterHelp, you can now get help on your own time and at your own pace. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states and four modes of communication, text, chat, phone, and video. You can start communicating with a counselor in under 24 hours and schedule weekly secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Anything you share is confidential, and if for any reason you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a different one. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. A few things by Evakind listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code a few things. So why not get started today? Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with the counselor you'll love. Go to betterhelp.com backslash a few things. That's betterhelp.com slash a few things. At what point did you decide, okay, we should also launch a fashion line off the back of this? We should also leap into denim. So, I mean, two things really caused that to happen. One was we started consulting with brands, which really gave us an insight into the manufacturing um, community in Los Angeles and a lot of the brands that were here in LA. And two was that we just, we were always out and about looking at the market, everything from very high end and pulling from from showrooms to shopping at Bloomingdale's. And we just saw such a miss in what was happening in denim and every single shoot and fitting that we would go to and all of our, you know, clients that were ongoing would ask us, can you cut, can you cut vintage jeans for us? Can you recut some of these jeans for us? Like, I don't want to wear dark shimmery sparkle yeah, jeans yeah. with a shimmer sparkle top. Like, can you help me be cool and casual? Cause that's how we all dressed. And, um, and so we just saw such a miss in denim and at the, you know, at the time it was literally like topless girls draped over the front of a car in jeans. And that's what jeans were. Mm-hmm, yeah. And we just, we felt like jeans were something very different to us. 
And um, they were for a different purpose. They were for a different vibe. They were like, we were women, we were dressing women. Like there was just a whole different ethos. And, um, and that's what really caused us to want to create a denim line. We really didn't have any manufacturing experience um, and it was a whole new world to us, but we knew we had a vision and we could scrap it together. So you guys have been stylists. You've launched multiple fashion lines. You've done a lot of collaborations. You have these big collaborations with Pottery Barn that are like such a thing, I feel like. How do you guys think about splitting up your roles from project to project, especially when the projects are also different? Um, you know, we we actually have very similar skill sets mm-hmm. that are just slightly nuanced. Yeah. And, you know, to, this is very relevant to speaking to you guys, but really she is my wife. And, yeah. we're in marriage, <laughs> and we have several children and one is named The Great and one is, oh. you know, named Consulting and the other child is named <laughs> Pottery Barn. And um, in the end of the day, we have the very, very same goals and we pretty much have the same schedule. But sometimes there's a slight divide and conquer. You were sitting at the same desk because we share an office and one of us is editing film and the other is, you know, kind of peering into a fitting, making comments. And the other is quickly writing this client back. And the other one is, you know, choosing a Pantone color. But our eyes and ears are on each other. So we mm. kind of like you know, like, Hey, read this email before I send it or which, which red do you like better? So it's really a balance of, um, just like getting a lot of stuff done, but knowing that like, we can kind of use our shorthand and a wink and a smile and a frown to sort of like get through it fast. Right. Yeah, you know, right. We, don't big, we don't have big, long meetings to make decisions for the most part. We're kind of on super speed because we have such a shorthand with each other. So, um, you know, we have our, like, but on an emotional level, we have, you know, some days someone's having a hard day. You don't feel well. You've had a, you know, a rough personal day or you're just feeling tired or uninspired. And the other one kind of either joins in and we, you know, hug it, hug it out or you're, or the other one steps up. So we balance in that way as well. Um, do you, do you share a desk? We do. We do too. And we, I feel like we get so much heat for it or people are like, are you <laughs> we do too. really? Yeah. We always oh, have. This makes yeah, us share an office. And yes. Like we just, yeah. I love Why it. would we want separate offices? That's right. Or I separate tables. Walking back and forth. Right. Exactly. Waste of time. No, this Inefficient. Way, this way we're right there. And you know, she's right across from me when I look up to say something. It's perfect. <laughs> exactly. So how do you guys know then who's going to respond to which email or who's going to, you know, be responsible for picking out the Pantone color? Or is that is that something that you sort of talk about at the top of each day or at the top of each project? It's very instinctual throughout the day. I mean, we definitely are collaborating on a lot of decisions like quickly. Like I think number three, do you think she'll say, oh, two. And then we'll go like, okay, two, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just really quick um, decision making. I think there's times when there's a banter or a, you know, relationship that's one person's closer to somebody. And so that's the person who takes the lead on that conversation or there's some kind of just instinctual decision making on who's going to take what. We also use language like I feel neutral about this. I'm going to let you decide. Or I feel really, really, really strongly about this. And usually those are the cues like, all right, then I'm going to let you take the lead, you know? So usually we can sort of figure out if somebody feels better about something or worse about something from there. There's this really wonderful timeline on your website that sort of 
talks through, you know, you guys meeting in college and then all through all the various projects that you've done together. And it was really inspiring for Erica and I to look at because I think it it sort of demonstrates what we hope our career would look like of all of these projects that we could do together. And, and it's like it is a clear marriage. And I'm curious at what point, if any, you guys were like, OK, we're in this together for the long haul. This isn't just like we're doing a styling t- thing together. We're doing a denim line. But clearly we're going to just embark upon all of these projects as a unit. Our careers are intertwined. Yeah. You know, there wasn't like a mo- it, there wasn't a moment. I will say Merritt and I are like fiercely loyal people by nature. Mm-hmm. Both of us are. And like just like fiercely loyal. And um, so I just there was never a question. And we, we, go- we got along so well and we were so successful together that it just was never um, going to waver. I mean, I will say we've had a lot of ups and we've had a lot of downs and the downs really solidified our friendship and our partnership. Um that we, you know, we, against adversity, we were together in it and we, we helped like navigate it and deal with it, you know, emotionally. And I just think being there for each other really solidified us being like forever partners. We're sitting here nodding at each other because we feel the same way that it's really the down in the lowest moments where it becomes so obvious how important and how valuable the relationship is. And and it's when you see how well it's working too. Yes. Um, when you talk about that, you realized you were successful together. What do you think about your partnership made it work so well together that you feel like, you know, separately that, you know, one plus one equals three or whatever in your relationship? Uh, I mean, listen, being an entrepreneur is really, really hard and you have to, you know, you really work three times as hard, if not 10 times as hard as having just a kind of cut and dry job. So it's a, it's a big job and having two people do do it together, you're getting twice as much done. I also think, you know, um, the nuances in our personality or our personal style or our upbringing or the way we look at a picture, it's just additive. And when you're, when your job is to create things and manage people, which are two big parts of our job, you have to lean into, you know, what you, what you believe in, but you also have to be open-minded to another person's point of view. So, you know, we have a constant conversation. Like, I really like how these pants fit. How do they fit you? How do you feel about it? And, and we really kind of decide, you know, this is great on both of us. This is going to be for everybody or, you know, somebody who's my height, this isn't ideal. So let's, let's think about that. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, we're dealing with people. We have different point of views or different experiences with those people. So, you know, we just, two plus two is 10 when you really are joining each other's point of view and your experiences. So it's just additive. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. I can't, I, and I couldn't, and also just having each other makes just the hard days easier and the great days better, you know? So yeah. it's just, you know, traveling's more fun. Um, getting a tough phone call, we can lean on each other. You're not alone. And there's just so many obvious things when you found a good partner that are just better. I will say too, um, just to add that, that like in an office environment and now with our team, which is like 85% women, there's no dictatorship when there's a, when there's a partnership at the, mm-hmm. at the helm. Totally. Because there's always kind of a conversation and an open-mindedness to that. There's more than one point of view. Um, That's interesting. So just, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just a culturally now, it's just so not, I mean, it's, it's so nice to be in an environment where everybody has a voice. 
Can we talk about how you guys decide what projects to take on? And so right now you're you're working on a really wonderful um, line called The Great, which I own many pieces from. You're and, wearing the jacket today. Oh my gosh, I fact. am. Well, because yeah. I'm wearing wow. it most right? days. Yeah. I wear, I own the swing jacket in two colors. And she even knows the name of the jacket. This is impressive. Because I'm obsessed with you it. You love this it's jacket. It's so good. I wear it most days and I've considered buying like multiples of it because god forbid i ever leave it at a restaurant or something i'd be screwed this also gives you a real real <laughs> lens into how claire shops for prod for, for clothes but i had yeah i have that i have many t-shirts best t-shirt game um so that so that's the great which is like a sort of like classic um jeans casual line American for women style yeah. yeah you have emily and Merritt, which is a sort of like younger line of of clothes right Yep. Um, and then you have uh, collaborations with Pottery Barn. Pottery Barn, Pottery Barn Teen, and Pottery Barn Kids. Amazing. All impressive. Yeah. Okay, so how do you decide what to say yes to, what to say no to, when to decide, when to launch when yet to take another these clothesline? Things on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I'll start. There's so many components. And uh, so, of course, you know, the business part of us is time and money yeah. and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that type of thing. But the um, the other part and more significant is, is this relevant to us? And can we create something that feels unique? And can it come from an authentic place? Right. So, you know, everything that we've done, like Emily explained, the jeans thing was like there was a hole in the market. And as stylists, we knew this. And as consumers, we knew this for the denim. And that was called and Current Elliot, And it still exists. But you guys sold it, right? Correct. Okay. Um, and so that was why, you know, we, it was personal to us that we knew that that was missing. And then as we moved into um, collaborating with Pottery Barn, we also identified that in the home space, there was just a certain aesthetic that we just couldn't get for our own homes. And that when that relationship started, you know, came to the table, we were like, yes, because we want to create these things that we are observing isn't accessible to us. So, and then as we then moved into the Emily and Merritt, knits in our e-com that we just found that we wanted to make some of these soft cotton pieces that had strong sentiments um, available at it's just more accessible to more people. And we want, and also it gave us an engine to have this conversation. That was the through line of all of our work, which was really about female empowerment, friendship, building a business, and that that sort of Emily and Merritt brand allowed us to do that with a, you know, a big group of people. So, you know, and then we also actually have a paper line right now that's yes, calendars and whatnot. I saw and that. that. Yeah. And that sold at Amazon and Staples and um, other office stores. And that was a yes, because Emily and I, when we met, really relied on writing down goals and dates in our date books and to this day still do, but we've kept them kind of like diaries that's charted our journey. And so when that became an opportunity, we were like, yes, that's meaningful to us. That was part of how we became who we are, what it was these calendars and day planners and notebooks. So we so do I the same thing. Yeah. Authentic place. Yeah. So, and do you have one team of people who's working on all of these projects? So we have, um, one team that works with us on all the products, but we also have a team that's built out for the great, um, because we do about 85% of our production in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we have a, se a separate kind of the great team that, um, that sees product development through, through the production, um, that we don't have with other, you know, with Pottery Barn, et cetera. So we do have a bigger team for the great, but we have a creative team that's very close to us that we work with on all the different projects that we work on, which isn't the easiest job because you have to be able to wear 
a one hat, Emily and Merritt hat in the morning, a decor hat in the afternoon and a meeting about the great, you know, an hour later, you just have to like wear different hats all day. And it's not simple, but we have a really great team who's learned how to do that. And they're all different brands and they're require a different lens, but obviously all related to each other. Exactly. Um, how has your relationship changed through the years? Um, you know, I think we've generally been on a similar journey. I mean, I think motherhood has enriched our relationship so much and our decision-making and our time management. Um, did you guys become mothers around the same time? Actually, I became a mother. I have an almost 14 year old. Okay. Um, I don't really remember the first 12 years of that. So. <laughs> it's all a blur. Yeah. So I was actually um, a mother kind of before any of my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then our second, uh, my second child and her first daughter were born six weeks apart. And oh then my, our, my third child and her second daughter are six months apart. Oh, and they're all best friends. That's awesome. So, so yes, in a way, definitely. Um, but what's funny is despite the fact that I had been a mother for so much longer, I think I called Emily every single day for advice on motherhood. So, you know, there's a lot of humility that comes with being a mother. So, I mean, we've always kind of built this community. And when we were younger, it was like, let's go share a burrito and share a margarita because we were like starting out. And, and then now it's like, let's go with our best friend kids out to dinner. You know, it's like the same community and the same things that we do. We just do them differently now because we have different lives and different partners. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, anything that's changed, we've, we've changed a lot together and which is just kind of like things we put up with when we were younger in business, we mutually won't put up with now. Mm -hmm. And we have to remind each other, um, you know, like, we've, we've both been in places of pain before and healed from it and used that as a stepping stone to a greater place. I mean, but you know, we're on this journey together. I think it's definitely evolved for the better. I mean, we're even better communicators and, um, I don't know. I will, I will say too, that we've just, and I, and we've just been so much more vocal over the last few years, just about our friendship and about our journey. And, and like, we are such a, um, committed to like working with the FFC, the female founder collective about helping mentor and inspire other women to work together. And I think that we just gotten louder and prouder about our journey. I think we didn't totally realize that we weren't talking loud enough about what we were doing and, and how important it is to inspire others to do the same. I think we have a similar thing where, you know, we were just doing it for a long time. We started this business. We were friends. We were being friends and being business partners. And then at one point we look, you know, sort of like took our heads up and, and, and realized, oh, like this is really important. The fact that there's this friendship underpinning this business partnership and the friendship has been such a big part of what's driven our business forward. And the fact that we can sort of like cling to each other in low times is what means that the low times aren't the end. It's what kept us going. And these are yeah. the things, and, and that's really so much of what work wife is about that like friendship isn't just a perk of of the office it can be a real necessity and a driving force yeah yeah well said yes yeah. very well said um i wanted to tell you both that when we came up with the idea for of a kind um we it was 2010 and when we were sort of workshopping whether this was something that would work um I had recently written, uh, written, like put together a story that uh, for ready-made magazine that you two are involved in. 
um, that I can't remember what it was. It was basically like taking painter's pants or overalls and like turning them into some other fashion item and reconstructing them. And that the experience of writing that story and putting it together was one of the things that gave us confidence oh, that like working. With, I, have this I got the goosebumps too. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. Incredible. yeah. Yeah. It was one of those things where we were like, yes, I think designers would do this because I think that they would. Yeah. Yeah. It was like really core to our, our founding story. And I think just well, we a, love of a kind. Oh, oh thank you. you. We in yeah. general are just such big fans and so inspired by um, by what you do and then and also just the way that you do it and and the fact that you just like keep taking on these new and interesting projects and go from one thing to the next and that you've been doing it Your together. Your real work wife role models. Tell truly, you what. Truly, truly. Thank you. Likewise. Um, Thanks, I also have to give a shout out to the current Elliot Hatch jeans um, for maternity. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, Those were like the only maternity <laughs> jeans you had. Really got me through my pregnancy in a big way. Yeah, they were my only maternity jeans. Yeah. Um, so check those out if you are pregnant or expecting. Um, or thanks. expecting to be pregnant. Pregnant <laughs> and expecting are the same thing, I think. Or expecting to be pregnant. That's right. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for doing what you do and for, for doing this. This was really wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, likewise, for setting a good example for everybody. Oh, please. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, like Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. And hey, leave us a review. Follow us at Of A Kind on Instagram and Twitter and like our Facebook page. If you have ideas or requests for the show, email them to a few things at ofakind.com. To advertise on our podcast, that's advertising at ofakind.com. Our intro music is Butterfield East, is performed and written by the Soulful Saints. <laughs>